Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Timothy. Today is episode 677, and we're looking at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 10. Let's read our passage. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished by the words of the faith and the good teaching that you have followed but have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. Rather, train yourself in godliness. For the training of the body has limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. For this reason we labor and strive, because we have put our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. This is Paul's letter to Timothy. Paul is in Philippi and is sending this letter to Timothy, whom he has left in Ephesus. He has left him there with the instruction of dealing with the false teachers. He's sending this letter now to give Timothy encouragement and instruction in how to deal with these false teachers. I think also to provide a written record of Paul's instructions on this, just to give Timothy some added emphasis that he's doing what Paul wants. His assignment is to deal with the false teachers. And the false teachers, Paul says, are caught up in myths and endless genealogies. He says that's speculation. He says they want to be teachers of the law, but they're forbidding marriage and demanding abstinence from foods. And so he's challenged Timothy to deal with these things and told Timothy the standard of truth is the gospel. Now, he has just described some of the problems with the false teachers. Now he's given some personal instructions in Timothy to how to conduct himself. He says in verse 6, If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. We'll point what things out. I think what he's just been talking about is that the false teachers are under demonic influence. The false teachers are teaching falsehood, leading people astray, and the truth is only to be found in God's word. So point these things out to the brothers and sisters. If you do that, you're a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished by the words of the faith and good teaching that you have followed. So Timothy is to point these things out. That is, properly instruct the brothers and sisters there in Ephesus. But Timothy's also to be nourished by the words of the faith. What's he mean by the words of the faith? He means the gospel. He means the Bible. So even Timothy needs to be nourished by input from God's word and the good teaching that you have followed. So the continuing nourishment that Timothy receives through God's word is built on this foundation that he already has in God's word. So even Timothy... Paul doesn't brag about anybody like he brags about Timothy. Paul has a lot of confidence in Timothy, and I'm sure it's well-placed confidence. So Timothy is pretty well-grounded in the Word of God, and even Timothy needs this continued nourishment from God's Word. So we all do. We all need continual nourishment from God's Word, and that builds on the foundation that we already have. Well, if you don't have much of a foundation, well, Nourish on God's word, you'll build a foundation and then keep building on that foundation. You've never arrived. He says in verse 7, but have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. Well, that's 
part of what he said the false teaching was about, myths and endless genealogies. So pointless. Well, these myths are pointless and silly. Now, the word that gets translated as silly here, it literally means old womanish. That's why some English translations say old wives' tales. And that's how Paul's describing these myths and endless genealogies. The speculation that they are teaching is they're pointless and silly, and they're myths. So don't do that. Rather, train yourself in godliness. Now, I said earlier that godliness is something of a theme here in 1 Timothy. It appears several times. We've already seen it back in chapter 2, verse 2, where he said that's part of the desired life for the Christians to live, is godliness. And that was part of the point of praying for the government leaders, that they would establish a society in which Christians would be able to live godly lives. And we saw it in chapter 3, verse 16, where he talked about the mystery of godliness. And he used that to introduce that Christ hymn of the mystery of godliness is wrapped up in following Christ, knowing Christ. So what is godliness? Well, it's basically rightly following God. It's being committed to the truth of God's word and then applying that truth to life, godliness. In verse 8, he says, For the training of the body has limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Now, it's not entirely clear why he's using this reference to training of the body. He hasn't been talking about anything like that. Some think it's just due to the popularity of athletic events in Greek society. Uh, Others say, no, it may have to do with the worldliness and the focus on what you do with your body that the false teachers are promoting. So hard to say exactly why, but I mean, it's the truth. The training of the body has limited benefit. Working out is good for your body, but that's the limit of it. And he contrasts that, doing things in a worldly fashion, with godliness. So training of the body has limited benefit. It has benefit, but it's limited. But godliness is beneficial in every way, since it holds promise for the present life, and also for the life to come. And Paul often uses this uh, dual thrust of things of here and now and yet to come. So training yourself in godliness, that's good for here and now, and it's also good for eternity. Then verse 9, he says, This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. We saw that earlier in chapter 1, verse 15. That's this thing that Paul says about five times in First and Second Timothy and Titus, uh, the saying is trustworthy and true, deserves full acceptance. Now, back in chapter 1, verse 15, he said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's a gospel nugget. So when Paul says that, he basically said, this is a gospel nugget. Now, the question is, does verse 9, the saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance, does that apply to verse 8? Or to verse 10. And most of the scholars think it belongs with verse 8. So the gospel nugget is the training of the body has limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. 
That's a gospel nugget. Write that down. Put that on a 3x5 card and carry it in your pocket. Is what Paul's basically saying here. That's a gospel nugget, and you need to remember that. Train yourself godliness. Verse 10. For this reason we labor and strive, because we put our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. So for this reason, what reason? The reason that godliness is valuable for, for now and forever. Godliness is a good thing. It's a valuable thing. That's why we go after it. Labor and strive. Well, you talk about train yourself in godliness. It, it takes work and it takes effort. It's not just going to happen. You have to try and apply yourself to it. And we do that because we put our hope in the living God. And this last phrase, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. That's kind of confusing because those who believe are the ones who are saved. He says he's the Savior of all people. And especially of those who believe that, it's hard to understand exactly what he means there. Well, some say the word is translated especially here. This can also be translated as that is. That he's the Savior of all people. That is those who believe. And maybe it's making reference back to chapter 2, verse 4, where he talked about God desires all people to be saved. So God is the Savior for everyone who is saved. But the ones who are saved, that's the ones who believe, who believe in Jesus Christ. So what do we take out of this? Well, I think the, the takeaway here is saved people pursue godly living. Train yourself for godliness. That's how you pursue godly living. Train yourself for godliness. Well, how do you do that? I, I think there's two aspects of that. One is knowing truth. So you got to learn truth. Where do you learn truth? You learn truth from God's word. And the other is to apply that truth to life. How do you do that? Well, first you have to learn it and then apply it to life. That involves putting yourselves in an environment that it facilitates applying these truths to your life. And I think that means the community of God's people. You are not going to do well on your own. You need other believers. You need the mutual accountability, mutual training, mutual encouragement, mutual protection, common prayer of being part of a community of God's people. And what do we call it? We call that church. You need a church to be a part of, that you can grow in, where the Word of God is taught and loved, and people together are learning to follow the Word of God and apply it to their daily lives. So the takeaway, train yourself in godliness. Apply it to life. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Timothy.